Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, as we begin to get ready to roll into the new year, we're going to be seeing a lot more about New Year's resolutions and goal setting. But we're also going to be getting a lot of pushback articles as well. Articles telling us how setting goals is only setting us up for failure and what we need to do instead. And the question is, what do we believe? Do we even want to set goals? In this episode, we're going to be examining some of the arguments against setting goals and also looking at what we might want to be doing instead, and how we can combine all of that into one overall theory of what we want to do. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash no goals. All right, keep on listening to find out if we should even be setting up goals at all. When we dive into these articles about not setting goals, it's actually going to have a lot of the same advice that we'd see in goal-setting articles. Additionally, one of the biggest problems I see with this movement of not setting goals is its reliance on particular strawman arguments. A strawman argument is a logical fallacy where someone takes a distorted, oversimplified, exaggerated, or misrepresented version of an argument to make it easier to defeat. Let's hope I don't do that here when I'm trying to defend against this. In this case, the argument comes down to how we define what a goal is and specifically the way that a goal is set. The argument I often see boils down to how a goal is too abstract or that upon reaching it, that feeling of accomplishment we get is fleeting. And the thing is, these are incredibly valid arguments when applied to poor goal-setting methodology. And that is really where the straw man argument comes in. You'll see example goals like, just get in shape. And yeah, that's a bad goal. Or perhaps something a bit more concrete, like the goal, I want to write a 6,000-word novel. Yeah, that's a lot more tangible of a goal, but it could still use a whole lot of work before I'd call it a good goal. And the most substantive thing I see is, don't set goals, create systems instead. And then go on to explain exactly what goes into making a good goal. I like to imagine the mental contortions that these writers have to make to avoid using the word goal when they're putting together these articles. Instead of setting a goal to read 10 books a year, I just try to read 30 to 45 minutes per day. Oh, you mean you set a goal to read 30 to 45 minutes a day? I mean, that's what I'm finding a lot of the time. But most of the amusing part here, though, is that they are creating a better goal there. Changing reading 10 books a year to reading 30 minutes a day is advice I'd give someone on goal setting because it's a whole lot more useful and actionable. As I mentioned above, I agree with a lot of the criticism about that feelings of accomplishment from reading junior goals can feel very fleeting. This is especially true for goal metrics that are based on arbitrary numbers. If we go with the books per year example, I mean, what do we actually care specifically about the number 10? If it doesn't mean anything and isn't particularly better than 9 books or 8 books, and if you go to 11 books, that wouldn't be particularly meaningful either. When we're setting goals, our numbers can't just be arbitrary and be meaningless. There has to be a why behind them. There's also a lot of goal advice about being very specific with your goals, so people often are encouraged to meet out these arbitrary numbers. Oh, well, if I want to increase how much I lift my bench press, I should be specific about what I want to hit, 
but then I don't know what would make a good goal for that time period and end up with an arbitrary number of what would be good to hit. Again, the number has to be meaningful for it to be a good goal. So what we're seeing tends to just be an argument of semantics. And those of you who regularly listen to this podcast know that typically I love semantics. I love the idea of being specific with our language to really unpack what's going on. But in this case, I feel like the semantics are just being used to obfuscate the meaning of goal. And to be fair, perhaps there is some value in letting go of the word goal. For some people, the goal can feel more like a trap, a track that they unwittingly set themselves on and can't get off. So releasing themselves from having to use the word goal may be helpful. And perhaps I'm wrong about how people are setting goals. I personally don't set goals that are outside of my control, so I'd never have something like win a marathon. (laughs) I mean, for starters, I am in no way in that kind of shape. But I also know that I could give my best on the day and circumstances outside of my control, like someone being a better runner than me, could render that goal out of my reach, regardless of what I do. Or something in a more relevant sphere, what if I'm just shooting for a specific number of downloads for my podcast? Let's say 50,000 downloads in a week. That feels like something I could have quite a bit of influence over. But really, I don't. What I have influence over is the work I put in, the number of episodes that come out per week, the quality of those episodes. But really, I don't have any control over how often it gets downloaded. It's what's referred to as a lagging indicator. It's a measure of what happened, not a measure of what led to the change. If we're looking to measure what's driving the change, then we're looking for leading indicators. Those are things like the number of episodes I put out, or maybe even the number of hours I spend writing as a measure of quality. But this does illustrate another place where I see the arguments against goals, and that is that either we hit a goal or we fail. And I think this is a bit of a false dichotomy. Let's stick with that 50,000 downloads a week goal, even though that's not a particularly good goal anyways. I feel like most of us are capable of understanding the context behind our goals. In this case, the context is that I'm trying to drive an increase in the number of downloads. I understand that even if I don't hit that number, the point of the goal is to increase downloads. So if I only hit 49,000, that's probably pretty good. I can evaluate whether what I was doing was pushing the arrow in the right direction. Goal setting isn't zero sum. It's just a method for evaluating progress. While ADHD can lead me to a lot of black and white thinking, I understand that there's a lot more room in there than the simple binary of success or failure. Even in failure, I am still going to learn a lot from that experience. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? Where can I improve? This isn't to say those failures won't be painful. They absolutely still will be. But despite that pain, I can understand that failure tends to just be a step in the road. Now, I also want to be clear that you also don't necessarily need to even have goals. One of the problems that can come up with just relying on the systems approach is the lack of having a why behind what you're doing. I do think systems are absolutely fantastic for helping you get the results you want behind a goal. But without that goal in place, doing all those things might not make it sense to you. It can be very easy to fall into doing things that you are supposed to do without checking in if they are in fact relevant to what you really want. And that's where the goal comes in. It's about looking at what you want. With ADHD, it's incredibly easy for me to get off track, and goals can help me narrow my focus down to what's important for me to be working on right now. Knowing what my goals and priorities are can make it a lot easier for me to eliminate things from my to-do list that aren't actually essential. 
we only have so much time in any given day, and only so much of that time can be dedicated to pursuing our various interests. And so we do have to say no to some things. And again, this isn't to say that you have to have goals, especially if you aren't clear on what you want. Sometimes life isn't going to be all that clear, and sometimes we're just going to be in a waiting pattern. While goals can be great for giving us clarity, just having goals for the sake of having goals isn't particularly useful. And this is where I think a lot of the criticism of goal setting is incredibly valid. When we're setting up arbitrary goals that aren't well put together, they're absolutely going to get us off track, and they absolutely are going to limit our options. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't set any goals at all. It just means that we should work on setting better goals and putting more meaning behind why we're doing them. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, regardless if you want to call something a goal or not, breaking that goal down into its component parts and focusing on the process is going to get you there in a better way and is just a better way to approach goal setting. Two, we don't want to be striving for arbitrary numbers when we're setting goals, and we need to have a why behind it to have any meaningful impact. Three, we don't always need to hit our goals to be successful with them. Goals are often just targets we're aiming for, and we can always learn from our failures. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tibber's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. What's blue and not heavy? Light blue.